Welcome to the Midweek Talkthrough edition of Young Gun. My name is Demetri Ravanis. Ross Tucker will be along here in just a moment. And we are going to talk about what has been the Panthers' biggest problem this season, the offensive line. First, though, I got to tell you about something that absolutely is not a problem. In fact, it is the opposite of a problem. It is a uh, big helper, a stalwart, a trusted friend to uh, all of us here at OG Media. That is Graffiti, 158 East Cedar Street in downtown Cary. We tell you all the time that it's a great place to watch football, and they prove it each and every Sunday. 19 TVs, weekly prizes, all kinds of great specials on beer. The bourbon pour specials, we tell you about them all the time. $10, $9, and $8 levels. Look, there they all are right next to me. Go to Graffiti, not just for a football Sunday, but as we get closer to the holidays, there is all kinds of cool stuff happening at Graffiti that you want to be a part of. It's a different experience every time you go. You know about them constantly changing those cool murals on the wall, and they are always offering drinks to correspond with the great stuff local artists are doing to decorate Graffiti. It has very quickly become one of the coolest places in downtown Cary. So whether it's a Sunday for football, an end of the work week hangout, you name it, there is no bad time to go to graffiti. 158 East Cedar Street in downtown Cary. Get down there just as soon as you can. It's graffiti, spirits, axes, and art. It's the midweek talk through edition of Young Gun. I'm Demetri Ravanis. My guest today is Ross Tucker of CBS. The Ross Tucker Football Podcast is on the DraftKings Network. Uh, Ross in North Carolina, we have been, boy, it has not been fun this uh, this NFL season to talk about this team at all. And I wanted to have you on today because whether we are talking about the lackluster passing game, the lackluster rusty, uh, rushing game, it all seems to come down to the offensive line and nobody uh, carrying the ball, having much time to do anything with it. So thank you for taking the time. I do sort of want to dig into your expertise across the uh, across the front today. Well, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, as I told you before we started, I love reading your stuff. And it's so funny because I've never heard your last name pronounced before. <laughs> I, in my head, it was when I read it, it's always Ravanos. Yeah. But you said it like Ravanos, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you you pronounce it in your head the correct Greek way. My pronunciation is informed by growing up in Alabama. Oh, <laughs> got it, got it, got it. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Uh, before we dive into specific issues, I do kind of want to ask you if in your head, like you played in the league a long time, you played, uh, in the Ivy league in college as well across all levels of football. Is there something you can look at and say every good offensive line unit has X in common? Yeah, I think you can. Um, I would say, first of all, as a guy that had nine different offensive line coaches in the NFL yeah it's really important you know I don't think in general in the media we talk enough and I'm not saying this to throw the Panthers offensive line coach under the bus I don't even know who it is to be honest with you. you'd have to yeah. tell me who it is but I I think position coaching in the NFL is a lot more important than people realize I don't That's, know just I'm ahead. glad you said that just because I, I and I'll get into this specifically in a minute because I want you to make your point. But I do think that's a that's a really good point, because most of us assume if you made it to the NFL, you should know the ins and outs of your position. But obviously, it's not that simple. No, I'll give you one example. I can remember and I'll even take offensive line out of it. I can remember one year when I was in Buffalo and uh, the running backs 
struggled in pass protection, right? Like primarily in terms of knowing what to do, Dimitri, like knowing who to block. Guys would come free, quarterback would get killed. I mean, it was ugly at times. The next year, we got a new running backs coach. We got a new whole staff, but in particular, the running backs coach, Eric Studisville. And it was the same running backs. It was Travis Henry, McGahee, and it was like a total 180. Mm -hmm. Those guys knew who they were blocking every time, and they were on it. And so having nine offensive line coaches, and I'm talking like Hall of Fame guys like Jim McNally and Joe Bugle to guys that you've never heard of, it really does make a difference. Yeah. And it's it's probably twofold. One is like the X's and O's of it and making sure every guy knows who it is that they're supposed to block because it's not – it's not just X's and O's on a board. Th these are like moving chess pieces, right? So you need to know the entire concept of the play and what everybody else on the line's doing because if this guy does this and that guy does that and they twist or they stun, well, then you gotta you got to take care of that guy's guy and he's got to take care of your guy, right? So what, what makes offensive line play really, really cool in my mind is you're working in concert with the guys next to you on almost every play. Mm -hmm. So as a result, continuity, chemistry, communication, those things become really, really important. And I think that there's a big difference between different units based on the coaching, based on the continuity and chemistry they have together. I'll give you another example, okay? You know, when you are an offensive lineman, and you don't know the guy next to you that well, you'll make the calls, meaning you'll call out who you're blocking mm -hmm. so that you make sure that you guys are on the same page. You don't say, hey, I'm the right guard. You and the right tackle. We're going to block this guy to that guy. You'll say deuce, right? Like you'll say deuce, and that's a double team at the point of attack to the backside linebacker, right? Well, you know, as much as we love to say how dumb D linemen are, right? <laughs> they're not that dumb. Yeah. Okay. Like, if they hear Deuce three times, and each time the two of you are double teaming the guy and trying to smash the linebacker, well, then they know what's coming. Okay. Mm -hmm. So as as you play next to a right tackle more or whoever more, you don't make the calls because you don't want them to know it's a double team. Yep. You, don't, you don't say Deuce. You just kind of say like, "Yep, yep." You know, or something, right? Yeah. Like, like you know it. You know what I mean? Like something so that you make sure you're on the same page. But here's the deal, Dimitri. When you have smart guys and you trust them and you've been together for a while, you start making dummy calls. You start making false calls, right? So let's say it's a outside zone in the left. You'll get in your stance and you'll, you'll go, deuce, deuce, like this. So that the D tackle thinks, oh, crap, here comes a double team again right at me. It's outside zone out there, bro. <laughs> and so he's he's bowing up for that, and I'm just stabbing him, going up to the linebacker, and the tackle can easily cut him off on the backside because he's all geared up for the deuce. So that's why I say continuity chemistry, so important. You really, ideally, as an offensive line, you get your group to the point 
where they can start making dummy calls. They can mm -hmm. start making fake calls because that's the way that you kind of mess with the defense's head. And stuff like that, you don't see that in high school or college, right? But the NFL, those little details that you can't even hear, you know, when you're watching the game, they make a big difference. So I think yeah. that's part of it. Um, I think the other part of coaching is technique. So number one, you've got the X's and O's and knowing who to block, how to block them. But then there's actually the, the technique part of it. And so it's interesting. I've had coaches, Dimitri, that really good at technique, okay at X's and O's, and maybe terrible at personnel, meaning they don't know, like they, they don't play the right guys. Right. Right. Other guys are like really good at personnel. They know who to have out there, but maybe they're not good as this. So everybody has their relative strengths and weaknesses. And as players in the moment, you don't ever really want to give the coaches that much credit because you want to feel like you know, you're the one doing it. But yeah. now that I've been retired for 15 years or whatever it is, um, I look back on it now and I can I can remember the coaches that I felt like had a really positive impact on us and coaches that had a negative impact. So I do think it makes a difference, a big difference, um, coaching in general in the NFL, um, and, and then position coaches in particular. Nobody ever calls a sports talk radio station to talk about a position coach. Right. Ever. <laughs> it never happens. Just like they never ask about special teams unless there's a kickoff return for touchdown or a blocked punt on Sunday. Then they call on Monday and say the special teams guys should be fired, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> most people don't even know who the offensive line coach is for most teams, except like Philly, where I do a lot of work. They know about Stoutland because the Eagles' offensive line's been so good. So I would tell you the first thing is that offensive line, position coaching in general, and in particular offensive line, it's really, really important. It's a big reason why those guys are so highly paid. Mm -hmm. It's head coach, coordinators, offensive line coaches are like, the next highest paid guys, because I think these organizations realize just how critical that position is. We'll take a quick break. We'll get back to Ross Tucker here in just a second. First, though, I do want to take a time out to get you to help us spread the word about Young Gun. Like the show wherever it is you are consuming it. Subscribe to it if you are not already doing that, and then leave us a comment. That comment part is so important. It is how more people discover the show. Look, all of these uh, podcasting platforms... They all have their algorithm, right? And every single one of them weighs into account how much people are commenting on the show and puts it in front of new eyeballs. Whether or not you are, uh, look, let me just cut to the chase. No one is enjoying the Carolina Panthers season this year, right? But if you are enjoying this show, help us help more people discovering it by doing that. And we are closing in on the end of our Christmas decorations contest. So if you do everything I just told you to do, especially leave a comment, snap a screenshot, email proof, and a picture of the front of your house to the Digital at gmail.com. That is the Digital at gmail.com. Lauren and I just might take care of Christmas decorations for you. Uh, the Digital at gmail.com. Look, we know we have listeners all over the place. This contest is only open to people in the triangle, though. Do it soon. We are about to close up shop and pick our winner. Like, subscribe, review, 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 and then email proof to the OGGhostDigital at gmail.com. So you hit on a couple of things there that I want to ask you about because I know... On the interior of the offensive line during your career, you had some flexibility between center and, and guard. 
is that something that happens more at the lower levels, whether it's college or high school, and you are expected to be more of a of a specialist, more um, of an expert at one position in the NFL? We've seen dudes out of position. We've seen a lot of injuries across the Panthers' offensive line, and I wonder how much of that we can chalk up to what you were talking about, about the things you can't do when you don't have that familiarity with the guy next to you. Yeah, so I, I always say a couple of things, Dimitri. I think I started at least five games at center and both guard spots, and I actually got NFL playing time, whether preseason or regular season, at, at all five. Mm -hmm. Both tackles, too, which is really rare. And what I like to say is, um, you know, if you're really good, they just leave you at a spot. Right. <laughs> so, so I must not have been that good, right? Because if you're really good, they just leave you at right guard or leave you at center or leave you at left guard. It's funny because I only played right guard in college. Uh -huh. And then I got signed by Marty Schottenheimer in Washington in 2001. And because I was tall, they moved me to right tackle. I was like, okay. Um, now I'm going against Bruce Smith and LeVar Arrington, and I've never played <laughs> tackle before. So that was an adjustment. But I, I got it done. So next thing I knew, I was a guard tackle. I could do both. Then the next offseason, a new coaching staff came in, and they and, and I think because I went to Princeton, they're like, he must be smart or right. whatever, right? Um, which is debatable, but that's at least <laughs> – that's the whole reason why you go to those schools, by the way. Because right. the rest of your life – even if you say something stupid, people think it's smart because you course. went to Princeton. It's so funny. Um, so the next coach is like, hey, I want you to learn center because you're smart. You can make all the calls. Okay. So that spring OTAs, I'm playing center. So next thing I know, I can play all five and I can get the job done at all five. And that's why I played seven years. And I think if I didn't have injuries, um, I think I probably would have played double digit years. I've always been curious as to, you know, how I would have done if I just stayed at center the whole time or if Marty Schottenheimer didn't get fired after one year because he told me <laughs> I was going to be the left guard the next year. Like, yeah. you never know. Uh, careers are very circumstantial. But here's what I do know. Especially back then, you only suited up seven offensive linemen for games, right? So you had to either be pretty much the swing tackle or the swing inside guy. And then you were the emergency next guy. So you, you have to have guys like me and guys that can play multiple spots. If you're not, you know, I've seen guys, Dimitri, that might have been better players than me, but they were a guard only, right? Yeah. They couldn't play. Center. They, they, you can't do it. I mean, you, you can't have them dressed for game day. What happens if the center gets hurt? Yeah. And so if you're not going to be a starter, uh, versatility is really, really important. I can tell you certain organizations like New England, they highly value that because they know injuries are going to happen. So they want guys that they know they can, okay, well, okay, that happened. So then in that case, we'll move this guy to that spot and put this guy there and we're still fine. So certain organizations and certain people like Belichick, they value versatility more than others. And that was, like I said, a big reason why I was able to stick around for a while was the ability to play a bunch of different spots, kind of jack of all trades, master of none. But you look at other teams, Dimitri, and like they have an injury and they have a guy that plugs in and they don't miss a beat. And other teams, they have an injury and it's like to cancel the season. I mean, there's so many teams 
where it's like the Giants this year. You know, their tackles, Andrew Thomas gets hurt, and it's like, well, for, they, they can't even operate as an offense. Their backups are not good enough that they can even operate the offense. Yeah. Um, all right, you mentioned tackle. I, I do want to sort of, from a from an experienced offensive lineman, try and get an idea of what exactly might be going on with Iki Aquanu this season. You know, I don't think you draft Bryce Young if you don't think you have the franchise left tackle in place. He seemed in the 2022 season to be getting better each week. And there are games this year, Ross, where it looks like he genuinely does not know what he's supposed to be doing out there. And I don't say that as a joke. Like there are there have been times where he has been beat and we see him on the field throw his hands up in frustration. Can can you sort of help me understand the challenge of okay you've made the league now there's the challenge of raising your play from one level to the next like it just looks like watching that dude he is frustrated this season well so first of all I loved didn't like I loved his college tape Mm. absolutely loved that guy now I will say this it was clear on the college tape that he was not an elite pass protector he was an elite run blocker and finisher, which I adore because to me, that's like the whole point of the game, right? Like blocking people in and of itself is not fun. You know, I mean, what's fun is trying to drive that dude into the ground and smash him into the ground. I mean, like that's, that's <laughs> why, why, you know, you're not 325 pounds because you think it's going to look good at the beach in the summer, right. right? Like you're 325 pounds because you're trying to physically punish people. And I love that about, uh, about Iquanu. I thought he got better, to your point, last year as the season went on. He got more comfortable. And look, with some offensive linemen, it just takes time. Just off the top of my head right now, okay? Um, Think about Andrew Thomas. First year, maybe year and a half with the Giants, horrendous. Now he's like a Pro Bowl tackle, right? Garrett Bowles for the Broncos, Mm -hmm. his first three years. His, His entire first contract, right? His first three years, he wasn't good. Yeah, And I would sit there and think, if he was one of us, like an undrafted guy or late-round pick, he would have been cut years ago. <laughs> they stuck with him. They kept working with him. They stuck with him. His fourth year, he plays well, and he gets a huge contract. It's unbelievable. Um, Caleb McGarry, the right tackle for the Falcons, same type of thing. There's a track record here. The difference is this. In college, you can get by – based primarily on physical ability, right? And if you're a first-round caliber guy, like all those guys we just mentioned, they're really gifted, and they're going against guys that aren't as gifted, and they were able to excel. And they got drafted in large part because of their physical ability and how gifted they are. When you get to the NFL, you are going up against master craftsmen, okay? So whatever... Uh, vocation you want to talk about, plumber, carpenter, whatever, right? Like, we all know that there's guys that do those jobs, and then there's guys that have been doing those jobs a long time, and they're like, they're the guy. Like, they Mm -hmm. are just, they've got the experience. They come in your house. Anytime you have something happen in your house, you can tell when the guy comes in, he doesn't really know what he's doing. He's a younger guy versus the guy that's got the experience. He comes in, he's like, all right, yeah, I know what's wrong with your toilet. I'm going to do the blah, 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 (laughs) bam. And he and he, he's, you're like, oh my gosh, that was amazing. That guy was like a true expert. Rookie offensive linemen are kind of novices, apprentices, right? And they're going 
against some master craftsmen. And one of the things I noticed from young linemen, and I think I'd still put Icky in this category, especially even in the preseason, I noticed, Dimitri, that he was struggling a little bit with his pass pro. His timing is off. It looks to me like he lacks confidence, um, which is a really, really bad place to be, yeah. right? Because when you lack confidence, you start to get away from your technique and you start to like, rather than sit back, patient, you know, hands inside, you'll start to want to just grab the guy. Like, right. like you'll go wide hands and you'll want to grab him and get, get on hands on him as soon as you possible. So you don't get beat and blah, blah, blah. That just compounds your mistakes. That just makes it worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've, I've, you know, I actually thought based on the way they finished last year and the way they were running the ball, I actually thought Carolina, I have to go back and check my rankings, Dimitri, but I think I had them rank maybe even top half of the league O-line coming into this year. I think you know, with had, had rank number 10. Moten and Corbett and Bozeman, I know Corbett was banged up, but at left guard you had Zavala and Christensen kind of battling it out. Icky, I am like stunned at how bad they've been on the offensive line. Stunned. Uh, I want to wrap up by asking you about being an offensive lineman working with a rookie quarterback. Uh, Kurt Warner tweeted out this week that he thinks that Bryce Young is doing a lot of stuff well, but he can tell just by watching that he is waiting for guys to be college open and has not accepted that there's a difference between college open and NFL open. Uh, For all of the crap that the offensive line in Carolina has taken this year for not giving the guy enough time, how do you react to that, realizing that there is not enough time that is possible to give a guy that does not recognize the game moving in the way it has when you move yeah, up a level? Honestly, it's it's one reason why offensive linemen in general really don't like rookie quarterbacks. Yeah. Because they're not going to get rid of the ball as quickly as veteran quarterbacks because they don't know what they're doing as much. So you're going to give up more sacks. You're going to look bad. And when the guy, the, the color commentator, like me, is going to say, <laughs> watch, the, watch the left guard, 65, Tucker, gets beat inside. Yeah, Troy Aikman, after four seconds, bro. Like, I had him for the first three yeah. seconds. Like, how about talking about the quarterback holding on to the ball? Um, and I always say, I think sacks are much more of a quarterback stat than people realize. Mm-hmm. Now, pressures, that's a lot of times on the O-line, right? or quarterback hits on the O-line. But whether or not the guy actually gets sacked or not, a lot of that's how well the quarterback knows what's going on and how quickly he gets the ball out of his hands. And that that makes things even worse. They got a really bad combination right now in Carolina of being behind in games, rookie quarterback learning on the run, and offensive line not playing well. I mean, that's why they're one of the worst teams in the NFL. Rookie quarterback plus bad O-line like that's 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 about as tough as it gets. 